You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Borderline Idealist. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) This is Chris and... AJ. I mean, they know that. Yes, just in case. You should know that. New listeners. Um, This this week, we have a very special guest with us, and (laughs) we will um, let him introduce himself. Uh, Gordon? Yes, hello. Thanks for having me on the show. And... uh... Again, it's really great to participate. Thanks again for having me on board today. Gordon is part of a group um, called We're Warriors, Borderline Personality Disorder, BPD. Support group. It's a support group. Right? Mm-hmm. It's on it, Facebook, uh, and I I got to know them more on Instagram. They post these memes, these... Uh, I hope everybody knows what memes are. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just hope so. Otherwise, uh, you can't help you. You know what viral means? Like, uh, but they post these memes, uh, that talk about BPD and I just find them so funny and relatable. And I know a lot of people do, uh, that have BPD or have any kind of mental health um, Mm -hmm. issue actually, because they can relate to anxiety, uh, depression, even thinking about self-harm sometimes, you know, just, you know, getting really down or, you know, all, all these feelings that we, we deal with. So that's how you find them on, on mm-hmm. Instagram. <laughs> he spends hours and hours just scrolling through memes and stuff. And so we decided uh, that would be a really good topic to talk about. I thought it'd be really important just to say that Gordon revealed to us that he does not have BPD. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and yes, this, is, this is getting thicker. <laughs> and and it's it's like how can you not have BPD? But he's the moderator of this group. Gordon, can you give us a little background on that? I mean, why are you in a group that supports people with BPD? The shortest answer is because I don't have it. That's why I'm there. <laughs> but a little bit more detail with this. Um, there was somebody that I cared for uh, very greatly in, uh, I'd say, between 2016, 2018. Not that I, you know, not that I, well, whatever. <laughs> and uh, this, this person had uh, suffered greatly with cluster B uh, mental disorder. Uh, the borderline personality disorder was very, it was so prevalent and made things so much more difficult for this person and my myself and, and just everyone involved. And I couldn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I decided to start reading about it. And when I came across BPD, things started to, to make sense. But reading about it wasn't good enough. I thought that I would involve myself in a community or a group of people who who at least know others who also have this problem to see if I could uh, further my understanding of it to be of a better support. Mm-hmm. So that's why I joined and I just built 
relationship with the people there. And I guess one thing led to another and they decided that I should have helped moderate the group. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's been challenging sometimes, uh, but mostly it's been rewarding and I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I did that. So yeah, I don't have VPD, uh, as far as I know, but <laughs> I thought that it would be a good idea to become somebody who would be able to help those who, who did, should I ever come across them. And right. it's better to be this way than to not. So that's why, that's why things are the way they are. Well, that's such a wonderful story. Speaking for a person who doesn't have BPD as well, <laughs> I can I, I understand um, the tough position that uh, you found yourself in and trying to understand. And I remember when Ajin and I got together and we started talking and and dating, and I was like trying to find ways to enlighten myself because I had no idea. I've never heard of the condition before him. I knew of, I had heard of anxiety and depression, but that was about it. And I didn't really know exactly what people went through on a daily basis. So learning, teaching yourself and going outside of your comfort zone or your your area to better understand others is always such a wonderful thing to hear. Because, I mean, it touches everything from mental health to even any other societal problems that are going on. Just taking that time and being considerate for others. It's such a wonderful thing to hear. So yeah. thank you for, for taking that step. Yeah, I feel like we need more people like you that are willing to educate themselves about different things, especially about BPD, you know, because there is some truth in the, the stigma about BPD, but, you know, it's also true that, you know, it can be controlled and managed. Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, Maybe not controlled, just managed. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it, it, to me, it seems like such a. I don't. I don't know what would not be this way if you're gonna. If you're gonna mention, um, well, really any kind of disorder. Mm-hmm. But for me, in my experience on the outside of BPD is it seems to be so merciless on one very specific and particular thing. I was thinking about ways that I could describe this because I'm not sure, I'm sure someone else has thought of this by now, because if I did, someone who really knows what they're doing must have by now, but uh, it's the, it's the personal identity, I think, is where, like that's really where the rubber meets the road and where the, where the difficulty lies. And I think it's this way because let's say you have a personality, okay, and it has multiple different facets, right? But suppose you, uh, suppose you can't make those different facets of your personality associate with each other. And now what you would get is what they might call disassociative personality, right? Mm-hmm. So you have no central equal um, equally represented uh, person that you can use to represent yourself in the world. It's either aggressive part of me or it's the competitive part of me or the compassionate part of me. And I think that with BPD and the difficulty and the disassociative element is that that one facet of your personality will take over everything and that one facet with all of its goals and ambitions and dreams and quirks and everything is your entire representation. 
And then later on, maybe when you get home from work, you switch to somebody who would be better suited to be at home. It's just that that person who would better be suited at home, well, they also have a different set of <laughs> of goals and dreams and aspirations, right. and they don't match anything that you did while you were at work. Yeah. And so you begin to wonder, well, what did I do all day and why did I do it? Now, maybe you'll jump from job to job, or maybe you'll become dissatisfied for no particular reason with mm-hmm. the people that are in your family. And, it, and so this, this is why I think that BPD is so, why this particular brand of suffering seems to be so merciless is because it's as if it has a completely passive assault on the very idea of the definition of personal associated equally represented identity. Mm -hmm. I guess. And you just don't get that. The final part I'll say to wrap this up is when you have a part of your personality that represents you completely and kind of as it takes over, well, well, you see, the problem with this is that you act like that in every single part of your life. And then when you switch out of it to something else, which you, you know, you, you could probably, I mean, you know what I mean when you, um, you have mood swings constantly, for example. And I think this might be a symptom of that kind of, I think that mood swings, for for example, is part of the, part of the problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people will think that you're kind of like a, kind of like a liar, you know, uh, or like they might just come <laughs> right out and say, you are a liar. Nothing you say is true. You always, you always do things you say that you, they, they just they seem to think that you're not speaking genuinely or from a position of truth mm-hmm. and that's because you switch out of your motivations so often and when that happens well mm. they think that you're up to some well they just think that you know there's this person is so unstable and they keep saying things that aren't true or doing things that they say they would never do but the problem is is that it's not a lie at all it's just an over-representation of a particular part of your true personality, so it's not a lie whatsoever. It just seems like it because it's so, how would I say it, polarized. Anyway, I'm yeah. going to try and find a way to say all of this as concisely as I could, and I hope I, I, hope I did okay with that. <laughs> no, that's, that's a really great way to uh, approach and kind of think things through, uh, for especially for those people who may not be aware or as familiarized with BPD and mental illness, so that's that was wonderful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna start off with the well, we've already started. But we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk a little bit about the, um, your group, right? Yes. So, yes. We, uh, we wanted to read a, a letter that we received from the admin of the group. Uh, they were unable to be with us, uh, but they did send us a. A statement. I thought it was really interesting, and I think that you guys should hear it. So, Chris, because I, will I be don't, your moderator for because I don't want to read out loud. <laughs> could you please? <clears throat> so it starts off. Hello, I am a twenty-year-old female from Wales, UK. I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder in two thousand eighteen. I've always struggled with my mood swings, conflicts, unstable relationships, and splitting. More attention was paid to my mental health when I joined my college, my local college. They recognized I needed extra support, and I was placed on a safety watch due to my emotions. The well-being department 
made the call to my doctor which led to my diagnosis. Since my diagnosis, I've come to I've become self-aware of my symptoms such as paranoia, disassociation, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and unstable relations. I struggled to come to terms with my diagnosis and my family wasn't very understanding of the disorder. There was a lack of awareness and treatment here in Wales. I felt like I didn't have a strong support network, so I joined an online support group. This group became my safe space. I would post at least once a day and interact with members as much as I could. I met my favorite person through the group. After six months of being an active member, I was made a moderator. When I was a, a moderator, I had access to the admin chat. I had many positive experiences in the group. I always felt accepted and understood by members and moderators. However, I had concerns regarding some of the methods used by the moderators in the group and became disillusioned after gaining the moderator role. Although I cannot say any more about the previous group, I will say that many people found the support that they needed and overall it was an excellent group. I wanted to do some things differently and I was convinced I could be of some value and good service to others. With encouragement and support from my favorite person, I decided to make our support group We're Warriors, colon, Borderline Personality Disorder Support Group, as well as our Instagram account at bpd underscore warriors so you can go on and look them up <laughs> uh, she continues i use the instagram platform to connect with the public bpd community through memes positive quotes and personal content if i see a follower struggling or needing support i invite them to our support to our group i consider the instagram platform a way to openly discuss bpd and spread awareness Some of the followers choose to speak to me directly on Instagram instead of a group, so I try to remain active as much as possible. Our group was made into in October 2018, and we're currently got 2,000 members. I view our moderator and admin team as an equal to our members. It is a peer-run support group. The moderator teams have BPD themselves, or their loved ones have it. We have no formal qualifications in BPD. We just want to try and support those who experience the same as us. Whether that is through emotional support, making welfare calls, welfare welfare calls, <laughs> providing files with information about BPD and therapies, or being a friend, I apologize for not being able to speak on the podcast. I get extremely anxious and paranoid about how I will be perceived by my loved ones knowing about the group and about speaking with people I don't know. Only a select few of people know about my diagnosis. And I'm not at the stage where I can openly talk about it with everyone. I choose Gordon to speak on my behalf because I feel he can articulate my thoughts and feelings accurately, as well as represent our group in the best way. Thank you for your opportunity, admin. So that was such a little wonderful. I I love that because they're like I joined a group, but it wasn't for me, so I made something that I'm more. Comfortable with, yeah. Um, I think that's always great, I, and I I have been to the place of being disillusioned about having power or being in a a place where um, maybe everyone doesn't feel the same way you do about something, mm-hmm. and being like, I need to, you know, take control, and maybe I can use my talents to do something better yeah. on my own. That. It probably resonated with you because really that's how this podcast came about. Is that yeah. you didn't feel like you had a space where you could connect with 
at the time. So you created your own space. And here we are almost, you know, half a year later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been on the group. Um, I joined it maybe after um, I messaged you guys on Facebook. I had only been on the Instagram and I felt really comfortable there. A lot of people share what they're going through. I mean, some of it can be, I mean, I don't want to say graphic, but some, it's very honest, you mm-hmm. know, um, about their relationships, about their personal life, um, suggestions. You know, I think that's great that there's a place that people can feel safe to talk about what they're going through and look for support. And then also, you know, find these memes that make them feel comfortable and happy and just enjoy that. There's something there's something about being around people that know what you're going through. Yeah. And, and for memes, like, I can sort of, I, the way that I identify with how you feel maybe when you look at these memes is how I feel when I look at a meme about Spanish cult or Mexican culture. Like, <laughs> whenever I see a meme about... Crazy moms, uh, you know, throwing a chancla at their kid or something. A or... chancla is a sandal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, chancla. I know Spanish. Chancla is a sandal. <laughs> so whenever I hear, you know, or see memes about Mexican culture, it just, it makes me feel so happy. I think it's because, you know, it's you see part of yourself out there and other people then identify with your experiences. So I, I that's how I can relate maybe to your experiences when you watch and you look at these memes gordon so, gordon what do you get anything out of the memes yes yes i do just much like you said it's it's very easy i think to connect through humor and i, I was thinking about that um i was thinking about how people can connect through humor on almost any level because here i am uh, without any you know, I, I don't I don't seem to suffer from from BPD, but I see these memes after speaking with these people and getting a real well getting to really know what it's like to maybe suffer with it from the outside in. And then I see these memes and it seems like I can connect because it's based on humor. And I was thinking about that and I thought, well, humor seems to be represented uh, thematically like by an icon of something that's like something beneath contempt or something that's so foolish and unskilled at anything and everything that anything it does is just the fact that it can't do anything correctly is why it's done correctly. And that Mm -hmm. makes me think of like a gesture Mm -hmm. or a clown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why humor seems to be able to connect with everyone because the clown is like beneath contempt. It's the most skilled and practiced fool you could imagine. Like everything that he or she does is for the sole purpose of making a fool of themselves mm-hmm. on purpose with skill. And so when I look at any kind of thing with humor in a very global category that way, it's like it's all based on on error and negativity almost mm-hmm. because that's the beneath contempt part. But here people are in this group selecting these memes posting them, seeing how very not funny it is to have to suffer with an identity disorder or a personality disorder at all. And there they are coming together laughing 
Mm. at this this thing that causes a tremendous amount of suffering mm. and I just like I I can't really fully explain it but that's how I connect to these memes not having BPD I had to connect in a way where I thought like what is it about what is it about humor that makes people connect no matter what like how am I able to to do this mm. um, I guess more specifically what the memes mean to me is like when I scroll through uh, the page and I see them, a lot of it just makes me chuckle. But because I have a, a personal relationship with some of the people in the group, it's still every once in a while, you know, it, I, I sit there and I think, gosh, like, you know, for me, I, I feel sometimes guilty because it's like I just get to enjoy it as if it's a, a joke, like on TV. But, you know, could you imagine if. What if it wasn't a joke? Mm -hmm. What yeah. if it's not on TV and this actually was you? And so, sometimes I feel like it's kind of like a, a sense of guilt. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe I don't have a right to be laughing at this kind of thing, even though yeah. it's very clever. But they don't seem to take it that way. And I, I'm very thankful that I can connect with these kinds of people through humor even though for them this is certainly no joke. Yeah. So. I mean, they're, they're a reflection of real life. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a dark humor, mm -hmm. almost. It's like, ha, 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 I know that feeling. Yeah. It, it would suck to feel that way, but oh boy, have I been there before, you right. know? <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm trying to get away with. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get away from. I'm kind of reminded of um, that actor Robin, William Robin. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> Sorry. Did you just get his name backwards? <laughs> the famous the, actor, William yes, Robbins. The one I love. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was and in that movie. That's the first time hunting. I've ever heard anyone say it like that. <laughs> hunting real good. I'm, I'm, shut up. <laughs> I'm really bad with names. But I, I was reminded, you know, I kept thinking about him and, um, you know, he had mental he had mental illness and he was struggling with very bad depression and a lot of things and I'm not sure if it was him who said that, but I've now I've heard some somebody said that but you know, you just I have to laugh, otherwise I'd be crying. You know? Mm -hmm. Um and I that's what I thought about when we were talking about how it can be very real and you know, people just have to laugh about it because what other choice do they have, I guess? Yeah. So, so um we did want to, there were uh, people in the group uh, were asked to tell us what memes mean to them or what these memes uh, make them feel. Okay. So, oh, I, and, I was going to read them. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to read a, a few of them just before we start going over the memes and kind of discussing that a little bit and having a little bit of a, a laugh. So... Priscilla says that memes help provide humor to those with and without BPD. It also shows others that don't have the diagnosis that they actually can share the same traits, making them aware that we are all human and not so different. That is a really good yeah. observation. And I mean, we... That's sort of like what, uh, what Gordon was explaining. Exactly. You know, we're all human. And yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Amber uh, says that 
I find that occasionally a good meme can slow or even stop a split for me. So like splitting or mm. or feeling out of your out of yourself. Uh, oh, okay. Um, gosh, how do you explain splitting? Uh, mm. Like like when yeah, you get in. That's a tough one. When you get into that anger, I, that's what I think about. When you just all of a sudden into you're into oh, that like anger, snap. yeah, and you just—it's like you're another person almost, mm. or maybe um, black and white thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably better when you're kind of splitting something like that. But it can even stop a split for me. It's like a humorous reminder that even though it feels like everything is ending, there is a laugh at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So laughter. Is the best medicine. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's, um, that's really nice. Yeah. Let me, so, I want to do the next okay. one. <laughs> Fine, you do the next one. <laughs> um, Lee says, there's so much stigma around mental health that can bring you down. I find it's, I find sometimes making fun of myself makes me not take so much notice when people are unkind or judgmental. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the people closest to you that you would expect to support you end up being the most judgmental thinking, that you're attention-seeking, etc. It's group like this that make me realize I'm not alone. And that's, yeah. we all want to feel like we're we're not alone. Yeah. And it's just, I, I still think it's just so great to have groups like that out there. I was just thinking about what you said about sometimes people that are most closest can be less understanding. And I know I've, I've struggled with that because... Oh, you've struggled with that with your BPD? <laughs> I've struggled to be under- as understanding for perhaps as a... a <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's like I tell Ajani, I'm like, sometimes I can conceptually understand things, but then it's hard for me to emotionally do it, you know? And it, it takes me a little bit more to kind of just be un- as understanding as I need to be, perhaps. And... And, um, but yeah, anyways, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie writes, memes are a great way to bring humor and make light of a serious condition. It also shows how we can relate to one another on such large scale. No one likes to feel alone in their struggles. And although we can have our own uniqueness about us, we can also feel incredibly close to those we can relate. So Elizabeth says uh, that memes have helped me understand some of why I think feel and act the way I do that I didn't even know were related to my BPD, which also helped me realize that I'm not as alone as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Wow. So memes help kind of educated her a little bit on BPD. Mm -hmm. Is that what she's saying? Okay. So these, um, these comments have something all uh, thematically, I think in, in common, and it's that ability to relate. And like I said, uh, or I'm sorry, like you were saying, uh, was it Chris or AJ that said it was like we were all human? Just like what humor does thematically is more than we're all human. It's like we're all fools. Like yeah. <laughs> every single one of us has no idea what we're doing. And I see when, whenever, whatever, like we selected these comments um, out, of a, out of lots of them. Mm-hmm. And all of them, I mean, they say different things, but they have this, in my opinion anyway, they've got a common thread of relatability through humor. And so, again, I just like to, I think that the, I think that the reason that that's possible is because humor exemplifies 
being skilled at not being skilled. In mm-hmm. other words, it's like, I, I don't want to say romanticizing, but I don't want to stick too long on talking about something I've already <laughs> said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just say that uh, romanticizing your inabilities. And you might think, well, that that isn't that kind of defeating or, or depressing? And you'd think it would be. But here we are talking <laughs> about what we're talking about together yeah. for that very fact or because of that very fact and so i think that i think that humor draws people together not only because we're all human but because it, it's it makes it so obvious that we're also <laughs> all of us are so foolish <laughs> about almost everything and we're just all we have no idea we're bumbling around not knowing at all what we're doing mm-hmm. and i see that theme here all of the time i see it all the time when people are talking about things that are fun, well, when they make jokes about things that are just absolutely no joke at all, because this isn't, I mean, it's not funny. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you, you got, both of you must know exactly what I mean. Like this is not, mm-hmm. this isn't just an inconvenience or something like it gets pretty rough sometimes. <laughs> and I'm thankful that there is a group of people <clears throat> as big or small as it may be, that can make jokes about something like this that I never, ever, ever would have thought that somebody would be able to joke about and not destroy a bunch of relationships while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, fantastic, I think. And uh, one of the things that I was just running through my mind as you were we were mentioning about that, you know, and we're talking about all, all of us being human and how pe- different people can identify with these. And it's one of the other things is, you know, kind of goes along with that is it highlights that we're all we all have faults and then we all are imperfect and this first meme that that we have over here kind of alludes to that um so the, the meme is uh it's a it's a, a picture it has a picture of the simpsons and <laughs> the simpsons the, that the, simpson has a name i don't know what's his name oh my gosh let me do this Steph was, okay. it has a picture of Sim- so it's a, it's so we said so we were talking about this this would be the most challenging part of the podcast describing the memes to you and i promise to do the best okay you'll you'll do the description the best that i can do so the the First meme is Barney from The Simpsons. Barney, that's his name. Yeah, the the drunk from The Simpsons. I know him as the drunk guy from The Simpsons. (laughs) So he's uh, at a door. Uh, The door is open, and he has a a gun in his hand looking at himself. (laughs) So he has an evil twin with another gun in his hand. So they're looking at each other. Yeah, they're meeting at the door. Yeah. And so the caption says... When you finally catch the person that's been making bad decisions and ruining your life. <laughs> so, of course, that's talking about you. <laughs> you finally caught up with them. <laughs> now you're like, what, are, what am I doing? What am I going to do now? So how does this relate to BPD? Well, I, w- I was going to say, you know, a lot of people can identify, even if you don't have BPD, because we all make bad decisions for ourselves, right? Mm. Even if you don't have mental illness. So I think that it touches on everybody, and that's how you're able to connect across multiple different people. And and I guess 
I guess that's how you form the community. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you were saying about how it connects to your BPD. Yeah, um, there were some notes that came along with the memes, and uh, basically, I, uh, who chose the memes, Gordon? Was it you, or was it the admin? Uh, we kind of both teamed up and, and selected them, and I, I'm glad, actually, that we came up with these ones, because... <laughs> I find them to be a little less of a challenge to sort of describe so that they can get an idea of this visually. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the notes in this meme says that um, it has to deal with self-destructive behavior and how it can influence our life significantly. Um, they can damage relationships and cause us emotional suffering. So I, I find it relatable because I'm my own worst enemy, but... You know, I think I think everyone can kind of see that. Sometimes you're just like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> yeah, this, I think, is really good because I, I'm, I mean, I don't know, but I would assume that there's a particular reason that Barney Gumble, out of anyone they could have chosen, is the one aiming a gun at himself because Barney is, he's ridiculous, he's a fool, he's a self-imposed suffering drunk. Now he's got a gun, which he's aimed at himself, who is also a bumbling, foolish drunk that did this to himself and who's holding a gun. So <laughs> the, the theme of self-destruction is so prevalent in this. <clears throat> and, well, it, I, th- I think it's as if to, to say that you, when you struggle with borderline personality disorder and you make decisions, like I said, it's as if it feels like sometimes you don't get to make them at all, but they still get made. But you are the one making them. Mm. And it's as if you're aiming a gun at yourself. And now you have to like take responsibility for it, even though you just... You, you, it's as if you kind of wake up because you had no intention of being or doing or saying some of the things that you do or did or, or said. Uh, but you still have to be responsible for that. And that's not fair. Because like, it's not. Like, I mean, life isn't fair. But that's that's specifically why I say that hijacking the identity is the part that really makes this kind of brutal to, to suffer with this kind of thing. And here it is represented all rolled in one with Barney Gumble of all people aiming a gun at himself. And you can assume that he's drunk because it's what his character is. <laughs> I mean, that's really blown overboard. But that's the whole point. That's what a meme does. It's it's uh you know, it, it's an over-exaggeration to prove a point, like hyperbole. What's the other one? Was, yeah. Oh, this is tougher to describe, isn't it? Yeah. So Wait, What's this we, one actually this called? Is, I don't recall what it's like. This is a popular... I've seen this me, this picture being used for a lot of other ones, but basically it's... So it's a couple walking down, and then you have uh, the male turn around, looking back, because there's a female in a red dress in the foreground... And then the male's turning around, looking at at the red female, and then his girlfriend or significant other <laughs> is looking at the at his her partner like WTF. <laughs> and then so there's three sections. The first one reads, uh, "The female in the red has disassociating uh, title over it. The male is the brain, and then the female is me." So. The brain is looking at the disassociation, and then the female is looking at the brain like WTF. And then on the second panel, 
where it says disassociating, the girl becomes fuzzier. And on the final pan- panel, it becomes so fuzzy that you can't even make out disassociating anymore. <laughs> the only thing that you can make out is brain. <laughs> oh. Right, so it's split everything up. So the brain is acting independent of the person, and the brain is looking at the prospect of disassociating like it's in, uh, irresistibly attractive. <laughs> but then the meme doesn't even bother like stopping there. It just makes... It just visually just, like, how would I describe that? It just looks like it's all scrambled up as it goes on. And uh, (laughs) that's what disassociating does, doesn't it? It's as if, like, there's no action going. The man and the woman and the jealous woman aren't moving. Nothing different happens, but it certainly looks very different from beginning to end, doesn't it? Because it's all scrambled by the end of it. and nobody's, Nobody's moved a muscle, so nothing's changed, but everything's different. That's a great way, I think, of describing what it's like to disassociate that's also why i said at the beginning that i i think that there's different facets of a personality but all of them don't get to work together and have a voice to kind of make a vote of how you should live and act in the world it's just one gets to take over everything and then if it ruins or makes everything great then it just sort of passes that off to the next facet of your personality that might take over and it's just a it's it's a mess like that so having to struggle with this day in and day out, mm. I, I can't, like, the, the final frame of this where everything is scrambled like that, like, that that must be what it feels like. I feel like I, I disassociate when something comes along that I feel like I cannot handle. Um, something that is out of my control, and I just want to be out of that place. I don't want to have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's what the the scrambling kind of means to me. Just feeling almost out of my body or just unable to distinguish wanting wanting to run away, mm. running to get wanting to get away from what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, not being able to. And that's a, a lot of times where my anxiety comes from. You know, because I want—I don't want to be in a certain place, and then I start getting a panic attack. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you—you you have a challenge, I think, in life. Let's say, oh, who cares? Whatever it is, but you feel like you can't handle it, so you disassociate. And I think, very simply, the idea is that if you see a challenge and you need to overcome it and you attempt to do so and you fail, then you fail. But if you disassociate and fail, then it's not really you that failed, right? It doesn't count. Except the problem with that is that you still have to live with the results. <laughs> and that causes, well, like the last frame of this meme, like I don't I don't even know how to describe what kind of confusion <laughs> right. Boy, like I I also feel that okay, so it um it's a attractive girl in a red dress walking and then the guys looking back like, "Wow." And then the jealous girlfriend's just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. So, where it says like the jealous girlfriend is me and my brain is looking at the disassociation, it feels like my brain is betraying me. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, wait, why are you going that way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really want to do that. 
you know? Yeah. So I think that's also what it's trying to portray, you know, that you're being betrayed by your brain. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't you don't want to go there. You're and that just adds more emotion. Yeah, because you it's yep. something that you <laughs> that you want to not do but you have no control over. So yeah, I can I can see. And there's types of uh, disassociation here that are in this document that was prepared by the administrator for four or five different types of disassociation that are touching on exactly what you were what you were just talking about. Yeah, so why don't we go through because some people may not be familiar with them. Yeah, so the depersonalization yeah. um, is something that I've experienced before, mm. just feeling out of your body, feeling like you're you're not real and it's actually something that i would feel a lot when i was younger hmm. i used to tell my my parents you know i don't feel real i feel like something is wrong i didn't know how to describe it i hmm. just didn't feel like i was a, a real person i felt like i was in the matrix or something and i was somewhere else and they didn't really understand that i didn't understand it mm-hmm. um but that's a that's a kind of disso- um disassociation um also, derealization. So people feel detached from their surroundings. It may look like things are strange or fake or unfamiliar. Mm. So I think that's that's pretty close to depersonalization a little bit. Um, having both of those together at the same time, feeling out of your body and feeling like you're in a place that's unfamiliar and and fake, mm-hmm. not not real. Um, that uh, there's also amnesia when. You lose time and forget that uh, what you're doing, what you're doing while you're awake. Mm. So I think we're That's we're right. uh, we know about amnesia from you know soap operas and stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've had amnesia. <laughs> I I forgot where I was. You yeah. know, you 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 want something has happened to you that is so. Uh, so stressful that you actually forget it. You get put it out of your mind because your brain feels like if you think about it, it's going to cause you extreme harm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also um, identity confusion. When people come confused about their goals, beliefs, and thoughts or feelings. And then identity alteration when people feel like they are a different person. So they may mm. actually forget about learning different types of skills, and uh, some may say that you're acting like you're you're a totally different um, person mm. yourself. Mm-hmm. That I, I mean, that kind of reminds me when I would watch movies when I was younger. I would, if I really liked a character, I would kind of pick up on some of the traits of the character. Have oh. you guys ever <laughs> done that? Like, I, is that just mm. is that just me? Like, if no, some, I I like like I. I always thought that if you could live as a fictional character in real life, that would be better than living as a real person in real life because (laughs) real people can only achieve more or less ordinary things most of the time. And if you're going to be exceptional in some way, uh, well, you probably got to be exceptional somehow. So the idea is that exceptions are, the minority so you're probably not so the only way that you could force exceptional behavior i guess is to try and pretend that not only are you like a fictional character <clears throat> but life is a fiction and of course well 
what, especially what you said that <clears throat> this happened mostly when you were uh, when you were younger, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's way easier for a child to be able to start that kind of a habit. And, well, as you can clearly tell, life is not fiction, and we're not 007 <laughs> or Superman. So <laughs> it often just uh, the results don't work out, and it leads to a lot of disappointment and things like that, depending on how far deep into that kind of wishful thinking you want to go. Yeah, and I know a lot of people with BPD have... Uh, uh, issue with identity. I know that sometimes I I wish I was a different person. I wish I had a different uh, personality because I feel like BPD is is kind of a part of my personality that I'm kind of fighting with or trying to live with. And um, I used to think maybe if I just would act like Spock from Star Trek and just act logically, then I could just get rid of my emotions because my emotions were the thing that were causing me so much grief, mm-hmm. you know? So I would try to, I would, I would really think about that. I would try to act like Spock, just be like, just be logical, you know, <laughs> do the little thing, the little V with your hands, you know, Live long <laughs> knock out somebody by touching them in the shoulder, you know, be more like Spock, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, wishful thinking, I guess, you know, you can, Alter alter your personality up into a point, but it's really hard to change who you are at the core, because that's a part of you. Mm. You know, all your experiences, everything that you were born with, everything that you've learned is just so ingrained in you. It's really hard to change your personality. If you've ever tried to change your personality, um, if, if you've been able to mm-hmm. change your personality, I I would like to know how. You know, because I, I can be an extrovert when I want, but I am I know that I'm an introvert. Yeah, you know? that's what I was going to say. That's the farthest I've gone is just to tr- uh, to try to be an extrovert. And I I was pretty successful, but it was very draining and very hard <laughs> to do, especially long term. So we can move on to the, the next meme. So this one has Freddy from Scooby-Doo <laughs> with his ascot on. This is my favorite. <laughs> so he's he's pulling the hood uh, off of a ghost. So the first panel just has the he's just putting his hand on the ghost mask, getting ready to pull it off, and it says, "Okay, self care. Let's see who you really are." And then he snatches off the hood, and it says, "Impulse spending, too much weed, eating an entire tub of dairy free Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> browsing memes till four a.m. porn." Oh god! I can I can relate to a couple of those. I mean, you know. Have you two ever been able to put down a whole like quart of ice cream in a single sitting? I don't know if I've ever done that. I I believe I have. It's a a distant memory, so it's not a frequent. I'm lactose intolerant, so. Okay, so that's not gonna work. (laughs) My life sucks anyway. I have BPD and I'm lactose intolerant. What do I have? <laughs> well, I don't have that, and I, I don't believe I'm lactose intolerant, but uh, my weakness is, is like, I buy, like, entire blocks of cheese, and I'll go through, like, a whole half of a block just mm. eating it like candy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not depressed, I just like stuff, but I like cheese. This, this meme is all about unhealthy coping mechanisms. You know, what we do to 
get through, mm-hmm. you know, but aren't so good for us. Hmm. So, you know, self-care should really be positive things that you do, like, you know, go get your nails done, or ha- go get a massage, or take a second to walk around and enjoy nature, you know, hike, like Chris likes to do that, or whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, these are all... I think maybe somebody might have one of these things, maybe. Maybe they can relate to porn, mm. you know? <laughs> Browsing memes to 4 a.m., I can kind of get down with that. I've spent, like, hours looking at memes. Chris has caught me doing that. But even if you can't relate to all of these, I think that there are... You can relate to thinking something is self-care, but knowing inside that it's unhealthy for you, and it's probably something that you shouldn't be doing. You should look for a more positive way, but you just fall down that hole. But the thing (laughs) is that... Oftentimes, all these things is, like, all you can do at the moment just to get you by. You know, I'm thinking back of uh, a time when I was depressed about three years ago. I was, like, really depressed. I didn't know it at the time. I wasn't realizing it. Um, But, you know, looking back, that was a very uh, tough period in my life. And I remember just... um, the ice cream <laughs> was the thing for me. Cheese, that's the other thing. I love cheese as well. So oh, you're speaking my language. Yeah, and especially ah, oh, the there's so many kinds over here. And it's like I love this spice. I love trying all the spicy cheeses. So is this a podcast about cheese or BPD? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> it's how we cope. Okay? Let's talk about our cheese. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, cheese, um, ice cream, and then at that time, I was watching a lot of porn. <laughs> I would stay up so late and, like, just deprive myself of sleep and then have to go work in the morning and just so tired. And I remember looking back, I'm like, that was so excessive. That was, but you know, but that's the only thing that I could do at that time to get me by those moments, to get me by the moment of loneliness and insecurity and just complete isolation i guess i don't yeah so in in i at the time i was like you know tomorrow i'm not gonna watch porn and i just (laughs) (laughs) you can't do this you can't just you can't just i really was i was like a little porn addicted (laughs) because i would come home and i would watch porn from work after work is it addict or addict addict Porn addict. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and it, it was a really bad cycle. And it really, I really thank my friends for breaking me out. <laughs> because if they didn't drag me outside of the house, I, I would probably still be there. I want to say something about, about pornography. Um, and I guess what you might just call addictive behaviors anyways, uh, that are really disguised as like, you know, you, you distract yourself from the present situation that's unbearable. Right. Hopefully you're going to distract yourself with something that could be positive. More positive. Uh, but the, this meme sort of, you know, at Scooby-Doo, it's like inevitable that one of them always unmasks the guy at the right. end. Then, it's also inevitable right. that Velma's going to lose her glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so Scooby's going to get a Scooby snack. <laughs> yeah, so it's inevitable they're going to un- unmask him. And it, this meme is almost saying like, oh, 
all of my self-care stuff is inevitably just distraction at best, and it's not really self-care, is it? And then it gets even more destructive. And I found, like, I found actually that it's really hard to... Um, to approach someone with a vice and say, this is bad or wrong and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do about this? And in my experience, like I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have anything to do with pornography. I didn't want to go to like strip clubs or, you know, anything like that. And the reason is because I have, well, I, I don't want to start preaching about what would you call it? Like I say, like high fidelity, <laughs> or something like that, because that's not really my place, and that's not even what this is about. But the coping mechanisms that I would use when I, you know, when I was dealing with people or the person who had this disorder in particular, I found were getting less and less and less healthy, and it didn't really have anything to do with with pornography in this case. But the idea was that. <clears throat> It inevitably corrupted the values that I wanted to stand for. And so I thought to myself, okay, if I have a partner, and she, and I do, and she's just so, oh, I, if I stop to describe how lucky I am, it will never end. Oh, <laughs> Gosh, what a, oh, like, I can't. I'll, I'll have to tell you about it after. <laughs> like, uh, like I, so she's here and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, now hear me out here. Now, what if I, what if I sleep with another woman? Well, that would be terrible, right? Because that's, that's just like a betrayal. And then I think to myself, why is that? And it's like, well, you're kind of, you're taking in the beauty, I guess, of a female that is not the female that you're supposed to be enjoying. You understand? Mm-hmm. And I sort of extrapolated that out in a black and white sense, and I thought, isn't that what I'm doing with pornography? Isn't that what I'm doing when I do all kinds of things? No, no, porn is fine. I mean, it's (laughs) it's not cheating. Now, this is why I can't, like, like, I can't say that. I can't say anything like that. I can't (laughs) preach about it, because I can't prove it. But for me, there's just, there's something wrong, and I just, I I can't, I, 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 there's something there's something about that. Getting back to like the the, the BPD uh, and the people, <coughs> excuse me, in the group. Sometimes I find that they know perfectly well what they value, mm-hmm. and they come across a situation where they have. It's just it's paralyzing, or it's too damaging, or it's too terrifying, and they've got to find something to either distract themselves or, you know, take some self care. That's happened after a traumatic event or something like that and then they do so and they find out well that was actually that was self-destructive as well and then they unmask the idea that they thought they were helping themselves the whole time but Mm. not only were they not they made the worst situation possible even worse by their own hand and then that spawns guilt and then when the guilt happens you think well i'm not living up to my values at all which gives you even more guilt and i just like Mm mm-hmm I, I wish <laughs> I, I wish that there was something that this is what I seem to understand about about the, the the way that people in the BPD community suffer and I don't know if I'm right about this or not because I don't have it but it seems to me that that's the way that it is and I'm, it's like I, I, I don't know I just like what, what do you say to that what do you say to that because that's the whole point of being alive you find out what you value and you live it out that's it it's not easy but it's simple and to not be able to do that sounds 
crushing. And I, you know, damn, I wish I could help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do something. And like, what do you do? So. I wish I could get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they are, there are some things that you just have to deal with. Some things that you're, you develop or you're born with, um, that you just have to find ways to cope with. And sometimes it can be not the, the best way, but hopefully, you know, hopefully you can find a positive outlet for how you're feeling or what you're going through. Which is, I guess, why we're trying to dissect memes. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next meme. <clears throat> okay. So, this last meme has the Spice Girls. Everyone knows who the Spice Girls are, right? Yeah. No, they don't, I know Chris. all their names. What about Generation Z? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All I know is Baby Spice and... So Wikipedia, the Spice Girls kids, <laughs> <laughs> they were a girl group back in the 90s. If you want to be their lover, you got to get with their friends. <laughs> and oh we're... God, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> we're all kind of... We're, we were all kind of suspicious about those lyrics, but we were like, okay, well, the song's okay. <laughs> but okay, why do you got to get with the friends? Well, I just got that. If you... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Usually a girl... No, no, would... we're doing monogamy and that's it. <laughs> a girl would usually probably tell you the opposite of that. Yeah. But uh, they were very open, you know, back in the 90s. You know, this was a time of awakening. Feminist they ideals. wanted to spice things up. <laughs> spice things up, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um... I wish I didn't say that now. <laughs> I wonder if I sing this, will I get sued for copyright infringement? No. <laughs> so, so the meep says, uh, at the very top, it says, If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my... And then I'm not going to sing the rest. But, <laughs> so, over Posh Spice or Sexy Spice. I said Sexy Spice because we're in the U.S., but okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> what? Didn't everybody... Um, <laughs> but so over Posh Spice, it has unhealthy coping methods. Under Scary Spice, it has fear of abandonment. Under Baby Spice, uh, it has mood swings. And then, uh, geez, what spice is this? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I know this. You should have this in your notes. <laughs> she is, oh, my gosh, I know it. Um, she is, oh, my God, I'm going to... Well, just move on to the last one. No! You know I can't... (laughs) I have to know things. Oh my gosh, what? Oh my god, I know it too. Oh my god, how do I know them all with that one? Shit, what? Oh, dude, it's... um, It's just Ginger Spice. Ginger... God, God. what a dumb name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they all have like a representative category and she's just like... She's the redhead. Ginger, okay. (laughs) So, Ginger Spice has ability to ignore everything but a dog. For me, it would be but a cat. (laughs) And Sporty Spice has lack of sleep. Shit sleeping schedule. Okay, I was like, what? Shit sleeping. So, lack of sleep, shit sleeping schedule. So, you know, Chris, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with all this stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah. How how I how I cope the wrong way, my fear of abandonment, definitely 
the mood swings. I'm up and down, angry, and then trying to control my anger at the same time. Ability to ignore everything, but, you know, I guess the things that really matter to me were, you know, when it says a dog, I, I think of a, a cat because they're things that don't talk back to you, but they always love you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they kind of just make sounds, but, you know, they're always there. Um, and lack of sleep or, you know, uh, a schedule, a sleepy schedule that's off. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to work with two to three hours of sleep because <laughs> of you. But I think, because of why? <laughs> yeah, Chris. Yeah, okay. Wow. That's a lot of friends to, to, to deal with. <laughs> well, I think my lack of sleep comes from usually anxiety or mm-hmm. me just wanting to stay up all night. Well, I remember towards the beginning. get rid of some of that energy, I guess. Towards our beginning of the relationship, you were having a lot of anxiety and some panic attacks even in, in the evenings at night. Yeah, I mean, it makes it can make it hard to sleep, especially when you're you have an overload of emotion, uh, or if you're you know a little depressed. Maybe if you're uh, don't have anything to do and you're just sleeping a lot because you're trying to not deal with your problems. Mm, yeah. So, you know, a lack of sleep or, you know, your sleep. Yeah, or your your schedule just being a little messed up. I have, like, some really practical advice, I guess, about this uh, (laughs) that I don't even really follow myself. And it's not going to be very interesting. But if you don't have some kind of a routine, especially that begins by waking up at the same time every day, like, I don't care when it is, but you got to get up at the same time every day or things just spiral like really really bad and it gets worse as you get older i think Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're a kid let's say you didn't have any responsibilities and and let's say it was just determined that when you grow up you would never have to do you know you never had to get a job i don't know maybe you're super rich or something and you can just live hedonistically all you want and nothing and let's say nothing bad would ever happen to you if you did that which is not the case in real life but anyway uh that means you don't need a routine because you don't have any responsibility. That's essentially what would kill you. But um, if that was the case and it had no ill effects, then you don't need a routine. And you can do that, I think, when you're very young. But as you get older, it's inescapable, uh, even biologically, even if you remove the responsibility element of it, that you, if you just go to bed whenever you want and you get up whenever you want, I, I don't know this, but... Based on what I've read in the last year or two, I think it's basically unavoidable and inevitable that you'll be a bundle of anxious, depressed nerves uh, really quickly. So yeah. I, don't do that. If at all possible, don't do it. Let yeah. your let if you're gonna if you're gonna impose uncomfortable responsibility for the greater good on yourself, do it with a sleeping schedule. <laughs> So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I, when I left my job um, and tried to take some time off to deal with my my depression and uh, my anxiety, uh, I had a lot of time to myself. Chris would go to work and I would just stay in the house and mostly I would sleep. I would just get up whenever, stay up for four hours and then go back to sleep. Um 
I tried to get on the schedule where when Chris woke up, I would wake up too and stay awake until he went to sleep. But it just, it, I just, I just got addicted to sleep. I just got it. I didn't want to think about any of my problems and I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to uh, think about how I was probably letting Chris down by not working and making him take on all that responsibility. So the, the best thing that happened to me this year was getting a job. Um, and I mean, I'm working at a hotel now where I have to go to work at 11 at night and then come home in the morning at seven uh, because I work the night shift as a uh, uh, night supervisor. And that kind of messes with my schedule, but at least I have a schedule you know, I have to get up at a certain time, I have to be somewhere, I have to be doing something, and then, you know, I go to sleep usually at the same time, usually around 1 p.m. I go to sleep. So, it's it's really nice to have a schedule, and but also feel that you're being productive and that you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, idle hands are the devil's workshop. You know, they, they are. Like, they... You just feel... Like you're not you're not doing anything, um, so it's really great to have a schedule. I think, and that's the hardest thing because I I did um, learn about that when when Ajani was you know during his time away from work, and I, I tried really hard to get him on any sort of schedule, <laughs> whether it was just assigning him tasks to do around the house or or having him wake up and stay awake. And, you know, me messaging him throughout the day to make sure that he was active or something. Oh, that would annoy me. <laughs> Chris would message me, are you awake? What are you doing? I'm just like, leave me alone. I just want to sleep. <laughs> and that's the thing is when when a person with BPD is going through that time, it's really hard as an outsider, you're someone outside themselves to say, you need to do this and this and this. And I, maybe it was because you didn't feel the pressure of you know, um, some responsibility or some... No, I felt, I felt very, I felt like there were things that I wanted to do. Like, uh, I, I said that I wanted to volunteer, mm-hmm. um, that I would, go, and sometimes I would like go out walking or, or try to do something. But I think in, in my depression at that time, it just made it so difficult to mm-hmm. even get out of bed because I felt like I was a failure and that I, I wasn't going to be able to take care of myself. That I would have to have somebody else take care of me because I I couldn't control this thing. You know, I, I couldn't navigate anymore. I was broken. So with time, with some medication and uh, some therapy, you were able to, I think... Um, Pull your strength together. Yeah, def- definitely getting on antidepressant and, and therapy and trying to do self-care for myself and just building up my my confidence again and telling myself that a lot of self-talk to myself, you know, saying that you can do this. You've done it before. You can do it again. You've had You've had a job before. You can do that again. You know, you've been happy before. Happiness, I always struggle with is... Is ha- happiness just feels like it's something that's very fleeting, that you cannot be happy all the time, but you can be 
sad all the time, it's easier for me to be sad all the time. It's easier for me to be depressed all the time because that's something that's sure. And if something happy happens to me, it could go away. You know, I can make a friend and then all of a sudden that friend could stop talking to me. And I'm just like, why did I do that? Why did I trust that person? It's better for me not to have any friends at all and then I'll never get hurt. So that's why I was like, you know, it's easier for me just to be sad because if I put a lot of energy into being happy and I get let down, I'm going to be sad anyway. You know, I'm going to get down there anyway. I might as well just stay here. And the hardest thing... Why bother running when you're just going to die tired kind of thing? Yeah. And, you know... I mean, that's, that's why sometimes mm-hmm. I even get that suicidal thinking, you know, why am I even trying this life? You know, there's so many hateful people in this world. Donald Trump is president. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've seen so much evil. Um, why do I want to even be around? You know? <laughs> well, it's like Wonder Woman said at the end of the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Where she was like, oh, Steve Trevor was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, there are some bad guys and maybe we don't deserve to be safe. But if it's worth worthwhile, then you should do it. Like you, there's something that's worthwhile about yeah, because life. And, and I didn't mean to get too political with, you know, the Trump thing. Nobody heard that. <laughs> <laughs> now people are turning it off like, well, that's my president. <laughs> but that's just my personal... <laughs> that that's just my personal opinion on how I feel but it's you can you know replace that with anything that you feel is negative in the world you know racism sexism you know I on my prime minister if that's okay <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh but excellent head of hair that's about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's a good looking guy uh, <laughs> I'll give him that <laughs> but you know there there is negativity in the world. There is evil. But, I, you know, I, I come to the same conclusion that those things are there so that you can appreciate the good things, you know? Death is there so that you can appreciate life. If we just lived forever and knew that we would never die, the world would be a very different place, you know? Why would we want to work? Why would we want to do anything, you know? You wouldn't have... I, I guess if you live forever, you probably wouldn't have to eat, you know? You... Probably wouldn't have to do. Well, you know that's sort of what really intrigued me about the Star Trek uh, universe is that you know in the future they didn't really have jobs. Everybody that was doing their own thing was doing it because they wanted to, and they weren't getting paid. Like there was no monetary system in in the Star Trek universe, so it was like that's socialism that's (laughs) communism (laughs) so you know all the basic needs and necessities were met so then that left people to do what they really cared for um and you know that's that was just an interesting concept i don't know how i got into that anyways well i mean that's that's wishful thinking that if, if all our needs are met then we can focus on bettering ourselves um but that may not always be the case, you know. Yeah. If your needs aren't met, maybe that may, or or you see that other people's needs aren't being met, it can kind of uh, motivate you to do something about it, you know. Just like the admin did for this group, mm-hmm. you know, taking charge and and doing something to that that they believed in. Mm-hmm. 
to make you know BPD more understood and give people a place to feel support. So I think we're gonna end on that. Gordon, we really wanted to thank you for being a part of this episode. Um, did you want to say anything before we we sign off? I'd like to thank the administrator of the group as well, uh, even though I I won't name them. Uh, but it it's definitely not been one sided where I'm some kind of invisible support or invincible support structure for for everyone because this individual who created this group has helped me uh, far more than maybe they realize. So mm-hmm. I wanted to say that as well. I had a great time also speaking with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad that I just got to chat about some of the things that I that I read about and 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 studied i hope it was useful i hope it was uh entertaining at least yeah (laughs) for you guys and um i don't know if anybody if anybody listening wants to wants to come and speak to the administrator of uh of the we're warriors group you're more than welcome i'll be there too if you want to have a chat with me if you can if you can stand to (laughs) to listen to me drone for a while uh but yeah um we're warriors borderline personality uh group is wow it's just not a it's not a place that i go to give support to people i've got to say that these people who seem to have such a difficult time are it it's just it's been wonderful it's been very fantastic i had no idea that that being involved with them would be as as fulfilling as it was and i'm really happy to be able to try and learn about it because well like these memes all seem to point out, we're all we're all fools, and we have no idea what we're doing. And I'm glad that I get to be part of a group of people who can who can accept me as the as the fool that I am to well, kind of be involved with them and support them in their troubles as well. It's very fantastic. It's very fulfilling, and it was a great time talking with you guys. I'm glad that I got to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the, what was the um the, so the BPD. At BPD underscore warriors is also where you can find them on Instagram for all those and more amazing memes. Yep, and then the <laughs> the Facebook group, um, We're Warriors, Borderline Personality Disorder. Um, you won't be disappointed if you join their group. Um, it's a really great place to share personal things, but also just relate to other people, you know, just like you that have BPD or people that support you know, the BPD community and uh, mental health. So, again, we'll uh, like to thank Gordon. And, you know, if we didn't describe the memes as well as you hoped, they, <laughs> they will be on our, our website along with the episode. Um, I hope all you guys enjoyed this episode. It's very special to us. Um, and we will see you next Sunday uh, for another one. All right. Well, thank you so much to this everybody who sent their comments for the episode and who worked on providing yeah. these memes. They're are all really great. So we're really, really thankful for you guys, and and you, Gordon, for being here with us. Thanks again for having me. Bye, guys. All right. Goodbye. If you love listening to the show, why not support our cause? We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. 
If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you liked the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.